from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina. This is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 8, the National Football League. It is Halloween. Luke's with us. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I, I, it's one of my favorite days of the year. It's a little weird, though, when it's on a Sunday. Uh, you know, I don't have to worry about going out with the kids trick-or-treating or even trick-or-treaters coming to my house uh, too much. But, you know, you want to sit down and watch some football instead of going out there and either trick-or-treating or having to get up and hand out candy. But I love Halloween, and the combination of football and Halloween makes for a great day. Okay, all right, stop, 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 because this is unacceptable. You're saying that you just want to sit on the couch in peace and not be disrupted by trick-or-treaters ringing, uh, ringing the doorbell? I know, it sounds terrible. I sound like Scrooge. But come on, it's, it's NFL Sunday, especially my Vikings are playing tonight. Now, trick-or-treaters are probably going to come before the Sunday night game. They usually come around dinner time. But still, you know, you want to you want to be watching the game instead of having to get up all the time to hand out the candy. You want to be watching, you want to be locked in on your football. You are so lazy. <laughs> It's a good thing there's uh, there's DVR and you can press pause. I'll say that. Ex- ex- exactly. All right. We're, we're going to go backwards before we go forwards. How about that? Um, what did you take away from Thursday night? Both as a Vikings fan, seeing the Packers be able to do what they did without all their key weapons. And then secondly, um, I'm not sure what A.J. Green was doing Um on, on, on that final play. Have you, in the days since Thursday night, been able to figure out what A.J. Green was doing? No, I have not. I mean, it seemed like he was run-blocking. Uh, yeah. It was going to be the run play. Uh, I know Kyler Murray tried to give him a signal that I guess he missed. Cliff Kingsbury threw him under the bus right after the game. So, yeah, that's a tough way to lose. For, for me, what I took away was, I know they have the best record. Those two teams are tied for the best record. And they both had some injuries or missing players because of COVID, a short week, all that sort of stuff. But when I watched that game on Thursday, I didn't come away thinking that these are the two best teams in the NFC or the NFL. Both teams had a chance to win. Both teams made some mistakes. Both teams it didn't overly impress me. But with that said, I also said the same thing on my show the next morning on Friday about Aaron Rodgers, where this Packers team, to me, this Packers team is a 500 team. Uh, their, their point differential is plus 25. Their expected win loss is only 5-3. and three, But they win these games, and they do it year after year after year because of Aaron Rodgers. And we saw that the other night, missing your top three wide receivers. Your tight end goes out in the third quarter. You're down your left tackle. You're on a short week, two time zones. Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback to ever win on a short week when traveling multiple time zones. He's now done it twice. No other quarterback has ever won a, a game like that. He's 7-0 and without Devontae Adams. He's won 10 straight games on primetime, the longest streak for a quarterback in over a decade. Uh, Rodgers right now is the MVP because he is the most valuable player. He may not be having the best year, but without him, this Packers team is 500, if that. And Rodgers is the one that makes them, you know, to have the best record in the NFC. But when I watch that game, I still see a a gap between those two and the Buccaneers and even the Rams. Um, I'm with you there. Um, He's able to do things that nobody else can do. and I love how you said MVP, most valuable player, because I think some people put that out to be who's the best award. But, you know, he clearly is the most valuable. It goes back to Peyton on that year that he missed with the Colts. Who's the most valuable player? It's Peyton Manning. They stunk without Peyton. So um, I'm, I'm with you there. 
Which brings us then to tonight. When you were on Sunday Night Football, as you said, against the Dallas Cowboys, who may be starting Cooper Rush as their quarterback. I have to be honest, Luke, I've tried to watch more college football in recent years. I'm not even sure who Cooper Rush played for in college. Um, this is like the Jets nightmare with Mike White. You're putting in a completely unproven commodity if you have to start him instead of Dak tonight, if, if you're the Cowboys. As a Vikings fan, you would normally be sitting there thinking, yay, this is our game. But if there's one thing that I've learned in doing this show for, you know, whatever it is, 11 years with you, it is that the Vikings don't do things correctly in these situations. So, on paper, this should be an easy win for Kirk Cousins and company if Dak does not play. Because clearly it's going to be on Zeke to put up a 1,000 yards. But I would still go with the Cowboys just because you guys seem to lay eggs in these situations. Yeah, nothing is easy with the Vikings. You would think it should be easy if Dak doesn't play, but they don't make anything easy. And part of that with this current Vikings team is the fact that Mike Zimmer, the head coach, is a defensive coach. And defensive coaches are like this, where they want to play close, low-scoring games. They trust their defense. You know, so they don't want to go out there and throw it 40 times. And uh, they prefer to play these slow, struggled, low-scoring defensive battles that always come down to the fourth quarter. And then it can kind of be anyone's game. And we've seen that this year. They've lost, I mean, I think it's uh, four of the six games for the Vikings have literally come down to the final play. And that's how Zimmer seems to prefer things instead of trying to put the foot on the gas and, and pull away from teams. He always trusts his defense to try to get the big stop at the end. So... With that said, yeah, nothing comes easy for the Vikings, plus Kirk Cousins in prime time. We know about that storyline that's beat to death every year, uh, uh, and that's the case tonight. It's interesting if you follow the line of just this game. The Cowboys were favored by three. Now they're a three-point underdog, so Vegas must think that Dak doesn't play, which, of course, changes everything tonight. And if I'm the Cowboys, of course you want to try to win every game, but if it really is that bad, and we're talking about this after a bye week. He's been off for essentially two weeks, and there's still a concern. That is concerning to me from the outside, not knowing everything. But if that's the case, that division is lousy. You're off to a good start. You can afford to take it easy one week if it helps you get better in the long term. You can sacrifice one week for the betterment of the season or come playoff time. Uh, so if I am the Cowboys and there's any concern with Dak, not knowing how healthy he may be, uh, I would – and I'm not just saying that as a Vikings fan, you know, it's wishfully thinking. But it is worth it to take one week off to make sure you're good for the end of the season because the Cowboys in that division should win it, be in the playoffs, and they got to make sure Dak is good to go. Luke Morrow hosting Morrow Midday Show on ESPN Radio 98.9 FM Charleston, charlestonsportsradio.com from noon to 3. I join every Wednesday at 1. You were short on time this week and did not get to ask me the question that I think you wanted to ask me, so I will let you go ahead and now ask that question. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. What question? Well, well we're going to talk about the Jets next. Um, I don't know. I would ask you if you even bothered watching the game today. So you think this is the game to watch golf during? Uh, probably. <laughs> The question I thought you were going to ask is what was going through your mind when, when you saw Zach Wilson go out? Ah, uh, yes. And well, let me ask you thought uh, when Zach Wilson went out. I said, uh, this is why you have a veteran backup 
Um, and clearly the Jets decided that Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson was better put on the practice squad than as a backup, and now here we are and we trade for Joe Flacco, but he's not even starting, which I think shows you the comfort that this staff has in Mike White. And they seem to simplify the offense a little bit when, when Mike White came in the ballgame. What I was thinking is, this team's going to go 1-16. and 16. Um, This team can't stop anybody. And that is my bigger concern, more so than anything, is this team can't do the boring stuff on offense, and they are letting teams get chunk yardage against them on defense. And they've had a problem keeping the the linebacker position healthy. Um, And that has been a huge issue with teams being able to convert passes over the middle. To me, this is a defensive issue. This is not an offensive issue. The Jets are going to get their chunk yardage, even if uh, Corey Davis indeed does not go today. Um, To me, they're going to be able to get that yardage. But my bigger issue is this defense um, because they have given up a lot of chunk yardage plays. And one of the things when you're facing somebody like Joe Burrow who's recovering from an injury, and I think this is why the Bengals have been able to be successful, Luke, is they've been able to protect him, first of all, and they've been able to give him the easy throws, the easy passes, and then let their playmakers do it the rest of the way. The Jets have not been able to do that, and they've not been able to stop that, and they've not been able to force Joe Burrow to have to move for it, or quarterbacks like Joe Burrow have to move and actually get themselves oriented in, in a way that, that makes them successful. And that is what I'm looking for today. Can the Jets properly, correctly get offenses to move? And indeed, Corey Davis is inactive along with Joe Flacco. They have four quarterbacks in the roster. That means Josh Johnson is the backup today to Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson, both Injured, C.J. Mosley is back. I'm not quite sure, though, that he is going to be helpful. Okay, anyway, that's that. That that just came across uh, for the Jets. Go ahead, Luke. Yeah, no, I just, uh, the only thing I would focus on is what you said off the top. It's just it was kind of malpractice by the Jets this year handling the situation where you have a rookie quarterback and you give him a first-time head coach and a first-time play caller and you're all kind of learning on the fly. And then what you said at the start was that instead of giving some sort of veteran, you have Mike White as the backup quarterback. That doesn't help the young quarterback or doesn't help in a situation like this. Uh, you go back to Mahomes, Alex Smith, Rodgers with Farr, Brady with Bledsoe, even right now, Justin Fields. You know, I mean, I know he's playing, but you have Andy Dalton and even Nick Foles in that room that helped. Uh, so just this whole thing. And I know they had the tragedy with the quarterback coach that was totally unexpected, and he was at least a veteran coach that could help, uh, you know, Zach Wilson as a young yeah. quarterback. Um, but just the handling of the situation going in, I just think it was a poor plan for the Jets, and now here we are where you have to rely on Mike White today, and there's a reason why they're whatever now, 11-point underdog at home to the Bengals. Just a bad situation that the Jets really put themselves in. Really is. Um Speaking of, of tragedies, I, we're, we're going to go out of order here, but is there anything you want to say as a Red Sox fan about the passing of uh, Jerry Remy? Yeah, I saw that just before we hopped on here, and I uh, was shocked and saddened, and yeah, that one hurts. You know, the, the poor guy, uh, seven bouts with cancer, dealt with cancer for 14 years. 
um, that, that was sad news because anybody that grows up with their, you know, watching or listening to their sports team, they become the soundtrack, especially baseball, 162 games, and he was part of the broadcast going back to the 80s, so my entire lifetime. Uh, he's your soundtrack of your childhood, of your summer. Uh, when you watch the Red Sox, he was there at the wild card game of going back about whatever four weeks ago. So um, even though he was dealing with cancer, you know, there was no indication that it was that bad or that severe. Uh, so it does seem like sudden news, and it is just sad for Red Sox fans who grew up listening to him every night for years, and uh, to get this news all of a sudden this morning that he passed away. So um, you know, that was uh, that was sad to see this morning. The poor guy had to battle uh, for. 14 years kept beating it and cancer kept coming back we know cancer obviously is a terrible thing we all know somebody affected by it and uh, yeah sad to see that news so thoughts and prayers to the Remy family well well said um he threw out the first pitch in uh one of those games earlier in the playoffs and uh sadly now has lost his life to that hideous disease so thoughts and prayers to everybody there in Red Sox Nation um we're going to transition. There's no good transition. We're going to go to um, New Orleans, Tampa. Um, a, do you think the schedule makers knew what they were doing when they put Jameis Winston against Tom Brady on Halloween? <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, I'll say that I do like a home game for New Orleans on Halloween because I always love, like I said, the NFL on Halloween, you get the shots of the crowd in some crazy costumes. So I think it could be a little crazy in the dome for Halloween. I'll say that much. I think that could be interesting. Um, to me, this game looks like a lopsided Tampa win. Um, am, am I wrong? Am I missing something here as to why New Orleans? And I get it. They are playing above what a lot of people thought they could when you make James Winston your starter. Am I missing something here? Well... I think the Buccaneers are definitely the much better team. Uh, my two concerns, one, they are on the road, and then two, um, last year, and the Buccaneers did rebound, one, in the playoffs, Brady played much better, but remember last year, he struggled against the Saints in the regular season, half of his interceptions last year came against New Orleans, and their worst loss last season came against New Orleans when they lost by 35, and this is a tough defense. So what I'm curious to see is Brady, he played better in the playoffs, you know, I do have to acknowledge that, but I want to see now with an offseason, you know, if he comes out better prepared for this defense that for whatever reason was this kryptonite last year. And it's on the road, like I said, Halloween in the Superdome could be crazy. So I think the Saints defense could keep this close. But the Buccaneers are clearly the superior team, and I'm just interested to see if Brady plays better against them this year than he did last year. It seems like one of those games that uh, is close for about a quarter and a half and then Tampa pulls away, doesn't it? Just, just feels like one of those games. Um, finally, we have Steelers-Browns. And the reason why I want to talk about Steelers-Browns is for weeks we've been trying to figure out, is Cincinnati legit or is X team legit? Yet another interesting matchup here for both teams. Because you have a Steeler team that knows that their window is closing, and you have a Cleveland team that thinks their window is opening, thinks that they're building something long-term, and you have Baker Mayfield actually making smart plays with the football, Luke. What a concept. <laughs> well, he's going to have to make smart plays because, um, you know, when he was out, and Case Keenum comes in, and it was only the Broncos, and it was a short week, and they're at home and everything. Case Keenum didn't play great. He played well enough for them to win, and you had comments afterwards 
teammates of the Browns saying, you know, like, oh, there wasn't really a drop-off. That's not what you really want to hear if you're Baker Mayfield. So even if he's banged up, if he's out there today playing, the Steelers' defense still is pretty tough. you got to make sure that you play well and you go out there and you make the plays if you're Baker. And certainly, as you said, take care of that football. Uh, but these are the spots where Mike Tomlin, his Steelers, always play to a level of competition. And they're five-point underdogs on the road to a Brown team that is probably expected to win. Uh, but this is a matchup that historically the Steelers have, have dominated. And yet here they are as underdogs where you know we all believe the Browns are in a better spot the Steelers. So this is like one of those rah-rah Mike Tomlin moments, chip on the shoulder where his teams always seem to overperform in these spots. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go on the road today and do beat the Browns, find a way to make things tough on Baker Mayfield. But whether he's 100% or not, if he's out there, Baker needs to make sure he plays well because uh, there's decisions to make about paying him. And the Browns just saw, hey, with Case Keenum, we're pretty much the same offense, you know, 10 days ago. Maybe we don't need to invest so much in this guy uh, to be a successful team. So he has to play well today against the Steelers. You know what else I was thinking? There's a Jets-Colts game coming up in a couple weeks that is a Fox NFL Network Thursday night football game. It's not even a... It's not, any, it's, it's not even an NFL-only game. Uh, Network-only game. Good luck to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on that one. Sheesh. Not looking forward to that. Yeah. Look, we're getting the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. It's sad. 17 and a half minutes in. But we're at the end. Your game of the of the day or week? Well, I usually hate to include them, but I do have to say Vikings-Cowboys on the night football. I think it's a very intriguing game. You give the Vikings two weeks to prepare with a defensive coach. We'll see if Dak Prescott even plays. you got Kirk Cousins on primetime. you got a bunch of crazy fans on Halloween in Minnesota. Uh, I'm sure all going to be dressed up. I think it's a... a Good matchup, uh, especially deck plays for Sunday Night Football. Um, this game already happened. It's Packers-Cardinals. Yeah, it lived up to the expectations. It was a good game Thursday. I'm going to say for the sleeper game, Giants-Chiefs and the Giants win this game tomorrow night on Monday Night Football at Arrowhead. Wow. That would be big trouble for the Chiefs if they can't win that one. I'm telling you, I think this Giants team is a little bit better than people think. And when you have Mahomes forcing it and not himself, watch out. This this could be a big upset that rattles the NFL to its core. Oh, it would be if it happens. And I did pick the Giants to win the division. So uh, you're preaching to the choir. I, I like this team. They've just uh, been injured and haven't, haven't uh, played up to their standards yet this year. Yeah. My, uh, my sleeper game, I will say, because I always pick a game we haven't talked about, therefore I'll say Titans-Colts. The Colts are playing better than I believe their record indicates. The Titans are coming off those two big wins. Now they go on the road. There could be some sort of letdown here. And for the Colts, this is really their season. If you lose this game, you fall three games behind in the division. That essentially wraps up the AFC South already. So the Colts are at home. They're more desperate. They're playing better of late. They need this game. And if they win, that AFC South starts to get a little interesting. Okay, so I'll I'll tune out of, of all AFC South games. If it goes one way today. Yeah, pretty much. It's such a terrible division. Even the Titans, I'm not sold on them, despite being 5-2. and two. Yeah. Oh, well, when, when you have the Jaguars in there um, struggling, it certainly tips it one way, and then there's all the questions involving Deshaun Watson. Um, game to watch golf during is uh, there's a bunch we can choose from. Um, 
But Miami Buffalo is what I'm going to choose just because Buffalo is going to win this game like 40 to 2. Or yeah, something. you know, there's a problem in the NFL right now. The half and the half not. There are some really bad teams right now, and that's why, especially these last two weeks, we have had some bad matchups uh, on the schedule, and today as well. So, like you said, there's a few to choose from. Um, we already said the Bengals Jets, so to give just another one, uh, I'll choose the Rams Texans. The Rams are one of the best teams in the league. The Texans are one of the worst. So the Rams, you would expect, even on the road, go in there and take care of business pretty easily. The segment Luke never preps for, a person or player to watch today. Let me say Justin Herbert. Last year the Patriots shut out the Chargers, embarrassed them, beat them by 40. Herbert is now in his second season, new coach. They're coming off a bye week to prepare for the Patriots. We know Belichick is really good against first and second year quarterbacks, so I want to see, here's an opportunity to redeem yourself, Justin Herbert. How well does he do today with two weeks to get ready for Belichick? Jameis. It's all about Jameis. Can he uh, not have a house of horrors? Yes. More treats than tricks, you hope. Yes. How many more cliches do you want to throw in before I press stop on this recording? (laughs) Let me try to keep uh, think of a couple of others. Um, Luke, thanks as always. That wraps up the Sunday Sprint for Week 8. We will see you next week for Week 9. Looking forward to it. And enjoy your football's weekend, everybody. Thank you.